You're listening to Seed of the Woman, a podcast dedicated to telling the grandest story of all and to exposing the mystery of 666. Randall Gilmore here. In this episode, I'm going to talk more about the zodiac, and in particular, the picture symbols tied to zodiacal constellations. And I believe you're going to be surprised by what I have to share on these in light of everything else we've covered in this season so far. Keep in mind, the word zodiac includes more than the 12 constellations popularized by astrology. As I've shared in previous episodes, we focus on the 12 because as the Earth rotates on its axis each day, They are the constellations that lie along the sun's ecliptic orbit. And that's the circular path the sun appears to follow around the globe as it rises each morning and sets each evening. The 12 signs of the zodiac lie along this path, the sun rising in one of the 12 for 30 days before moving on to rise for 30 days in the next, and then in the next, and the next, until finally the sun returns to rise once again in the first of the 12. And when most people think of the 12 signs, or for that matter, when they think of any zodiacal constellation, they're quick to recall the picture symbols tied to them. Many of these picture symbols are animals. And in fact, the word zodiac derives from two Greek words, the first of which, zoion, means animal. But in addition to animals, the picture symbols also include human-looking figures, along with ships and swords and scales and various other items. So where did these picture symbols originate? And what story are they telling? Are they telling any story at all? Or are they just figments of imagination tied together randomly? I'll answer these questions and explain how it fits into our study of the story of the seed of the woman when I return after a short break. I want to use the break to say a word of thanks for your support of the Gospel Story Arc Project. Not only has this podcast been heard around the world, this year people from more than 50 countries have accessed the Gospel Story Arc website and the messaging we lead with to better tell who Jesus is. We've also distributed Gospel Story Arc cubes in many of those countries, so we deeply appreciate your prayer and financial support. The only way we can do this is because of the generosity of donors like you. So I want to ask you to do two things. First, Prayerfully consider donating to the Gospel Story Arc Project. There's more information about giving in the notes for this episode. Secondly, I want to ask you to share this podcast with a friend. In this way, you'll be helping to spread the word. Remember, it's your story too. Now right at the start, I have to say that theories about the origin of these picture symbols of the zodiac range from the divine to the mythological. So some do conclude that God is the one who first assigned picture symbols to the constellations. Or perhaps it was Adam, or Seth, or Enoch, after generations of studying the heavens in light of what had been revealed about the conflict of the ages between the seed of the woman and Satan. 
Theories of divine origin are generally called, quote, the gospel in the stars. And if you search for this phrase online, you'll find numerous resources with more information from its backers, some of them having lived long ago, some living in the present day. One of the things I find interesting about the divine origin theory is that so many of the picture symbols seem to have ties to the overarching story of the seed of the woman. And it's also curious that the picture symbols themselves are virtually the same in ancient star maps from around the world. Here's how one anonymous author from the late 1800s explained all this and why he believed that the picture symbols of the zodiac come from God. They, he wrote, referring to the symbols, are said to have originated by men staring at the stars and seeing images in them, the same as the well-known optical illusion of faces in the fire. But can such effects be obtained by stargazing? And if so, would any two men independently see the same images in the stars? Yet the pictures handed down to us have been nearly the same all over the world. And we're seriously asked to believe that those pictures were agreed upon by the consensus of the whole world? and so fixed upon and rigidly adhered to that the results of their contemplation have been the basis of human thought for at least 4,000 years. Is there any other way of honestly accounting for them than by supposing them dictated by a supreme hand and from a common center dispersed all over the world? If we're ready to accept the word of God that he gave the celestial bodies for signs and that the human race were once assembled together in the land of Shinar, whence they spread all over the world, we shall find the latter, an apparently more reasonable, explanation to be the true one. And as to the spiritual source, they stand the test by Christ himself, of himself. Namely, they point to the destruction of the devil and his works by the seed of the woman. Of course, everyone who subscribes to the theory of the divine origin of the picture symbols of the zodiac acknowledges the corruption that pagans injected into the story, and thus into the picture symbols also. Pagans have twisted so many of those picture symbols into symbols that support their counter-story of the seed of the serpent. Meanwhile, others argue that the origin of the picture symbols has nothing to do with God at all, and nothing to do with Adam, or Seth, Enoch, or anyone else in the godly line of the seed of the woman. They argue that the picture symbols originated in the minds of pagans, period. So which theory is right? Well, I hate to disappoint you, but the answer is no one really knows. One of the best arguments against the claim that picture symbols came from God is something you could read in a journal article entitled, quote, A Further Examination of the Gospel in the Stars by Dr. Danny Faulkner, who's with Answers in Genesis. I'll include a link to this article in the notes for this episode. Now, I have to say that Dr. Faulkner's article is well-researched, but it's focused primarily first on exposing the lack of evidence for many of the specific claims about the names of stars and their meanings, and then secondly, on establishing that the Bible does not explicitly teach that the picture symbols are from God. And by the way, that should be obvious to anyone who reads the scriptures. Still it's important to keep a few things in mind. First, it really isn't fair to cast everyone who sees evidence for the divine origin as given over to speculation and myths. The anonymous author I quoted earlier gives a reasoned, biblical accounting of his belief that the picture symbols came from God. And just because some have erred in their scholarship 
doesn't mean that everyone else deserves to be painted with the same brush. And besides this, you don't have to believe something patently false to embrace the possibility that God created the constellations as signs that give witness to his plan for the seed of the woman. Nor does it require you to undermine the written word of God. The written word of God remains the authority. But speaking of God's word, I want to remind you of something I said in an earlier episode, that the pagan interpretation of the zodiac was well entrenched in the world by the time the scriptures were written. Remember, by the time Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible, the religious corruption of the heavens and zodiacal system had prevailed on the earth for thousands of years. It was everywhere and deeply entrenched. So it isn't any surprise to find Moses, and then others later in the scriptures, addressing the corruption and warning against any collaboration with pagan worship of the heavens. For example, in Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 19, Moses writes, quote, And beware lest you raise your eyes to heaven, and when you see the sun and the moon and the stars, all the host of heaven, you be drawn away and bow down to them and serve them, things that the Lord your God has allotted to all the peoples under the whole heaven. Now keep in mind that Moses writes this warning in Deuteronomy, having previously used a zodiacal system for measuring the length of a year in connection to the flood and to events from even earlier in the book of Genesis. So to Moses, the problem with the zodiac was not the constellations themselves. The constellations are God's handiwork, the result of God placing stars in the heavens so that from our vantage point on earth, we see patterns that can be used righteously for measuring the length of a year. But is there any righteous acknowledgement in Scripture of the picture symbols? Not just of God creating the constellations, but specifically of the symbols associated with them. And are there any uses in Scripture of the picture symbols of the zodiac to tell the story of the seed of the woman or some part of it? Now, in answer to these questions, let me just say, in the Old Testament, there are three constellations mentioned by name. For example, Job chapter 9 and verse 9 mentions Orion, the Pleiades, and Ursa Major, or the Great Bear. And there's still some controversy about the names as they're given in Hebrew, the language of the Old Testament. But the point is, all three names appear to invoke the picture symbols tied to them. And the Bible mentions all three in connection to honoring God as creator and designer of the heavens. At the same time, nothing is said indicating that Orion, the Pleiades, and Ursa Major tell some part of the story of the seed of the woman. So this is just one more example where Scripture gives God credit for creating and designing the heavens as it rebukes the pagan worldview and its claims of some other purpose for the stars. But in the New Testament, particularly in the book of Revelation, we find another kind of reference to the picture symbols of the zodiac woven into the sacred account of end-time events. The clearest example is something we read previously in Revelation chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Something I said early on that I'd come back to in a later episode. So here it is. In Revelation chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, John writes, quote, And a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains and the agony of giving birth. The sign in heaven that John describes corresponds to the picture symbol of the constellation Virgo, as the sun rises in that constellation 
near the time of the autumnal equinox. Now it's obvious from a few verses later in Revelation 12 that John's vision of this woman leads to his vision of the male child she gives birth to. And it's clear that the male child is Jesus, one, according to verse 5, who is to rule the nations with a rod of iron. And that leads to questioning whether the woman is Israel or Mary. Now, I personally believe the woman clothed with the sun symbolizes Israel and not Mary. But the detail John includes in verse 1 and 2, saying the woman was clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head, these details are so vivid and so closely tied to what can actually happen on occasion when the sun rises in Virgo. Some think, regardless of whether the woman is Israel or Mary, that John is pinpointing the very day in history when Jesus was born. Now, even if that isn't the case, the visual itself is clear and clearly corresponds to the picture symbol of Virgo. Now, there are other zodiacal picture symbols referred to in the book of Revelation. I'm not going to take the time to go through them because that's not my purpose here. If you're interested, I'll include a link in the notes that will go into more detail on these. And by pointing out what I have, in no way am I suggesting that I agree with speculation or poor scholarship on this topic. I don't. But I find it interesting that so much in the book of Revelation makes such better sense when we take John's references to zodiacal picture symbols into account, and particularly that in the chapter in Revelation that forms part of the backstory of the beast out of the sea, we see John writing about a vision tied so closely to Virgo one of the premier picture symbols of the zodiac. The reason for this, I believe, is because it invites us to see more clearly that God is the one in control of this story. He created the stars and constellations, and he hung them in space, relative to the sun and to the earth, as signs tied to certain prominent movements in the grandest story of all. And by including the signs in the backstory of the beast out of the sea, we're also invited to carefully consider his ties to the corruption that began long ago at Babel, where they built a tower with its top patterned after the same heavenly constellations, including the constellation Virgo, along with the others mentioned in Revelation. And as we consider the ties, we gain insight into their shared interest in the calculations leading to the number 666, which becomes the number of the beast and the number or gematria of his name. So what about this name of the beast? And what does John mean in Revelation 13 by the number of his name? What exactly can we learn from the beast exploitation of Gematria? More next time on Seed of the Woman.